heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. We are back on the love boat <laughs> today on the masculine journey. We have done a mini series on on love. We've talked about uh, the love that that people have in between a man and a woman, and we've talked about brotherly love. Well, today we have arrived at the one, and and Al usually he's been doing these definitions for us, but Al's not here today, so we're on agape, Al. Mm-hmm. But Al's not here, so Sam is back and that's more than awesome and we're so grateful to have him as well as dennis as well as Vinny, and we even have a good friend jim graham who's here with us but sam tell us about agape well agape love i guess to try to put it the simplest terms is loving someone else the way god would love them or god would love you seeing them for the good things in them and not necessarily the bad things you know seeing them for those times of glory that or those times that they reflect god's image you know, and, and bringing that out in them versus complaining at what they don't do right. Yeah, and so Sam, as you may know, has recently had some surgery, and that left him in a position of watching a great deal of television. <laughs> yeah. A fate we don't necessarily wish on anybody. But as you've watched that television, you can't help it. This kind of just been jumping out at you. It has. You know, the uh, I have to say I'm really, really thankful for Netflix because I don't have to watch daytime TV. Um, but I'm in the middle of, of watching much, much, much TV and I watched a series and, and, and depending, not even just a series and a lot of the shows that I've watched when they portray Christians, they portray them as, you know, kind of these over the top judgmental or crackpot kind of people or, you know, have no love in them or very, um, aggressive towards people, you know, and initially as a Christian, it frustrated me. But the more I watched it, I didn't really enjoy it, you know, knowing it's mainstream media, and they're going to do that a little bit anyway. But the reason they do that is we all know people that are like that. Unfortunately, I could be like that in a given situation. It may not be the one that sets someone else to that point, but maybe along the way I would be so opinionated on something that I would quit looking at people with love and looking at their sin. So we have... Up first, as far as our clips are concerned, an amazing clip by John Lynch, um, who, you know, has the True Faced series, which, by the way, if you have an extra 40 minutes and you just want to get blessed out of your socks, go to YouTube and just look look up John Lynch and, and True Faced. Yeah. I mean, the, you can hear the whole thing, which is more than glorious. But Sam, set this clip up for us because it's, it's, it's critical to understanding this. Yeah, John really has such a, a great way of bringing some things to light very simply. And what he's talking about here, when it first begins, he's, ta- he's addressing this belief that our sin stays in between us and God, meaning we can never get to God fully because our sin is in the way, that we're never going to have that full relationship with him until we can kind of correct our behavior or get our, our act together. And so he goes kind of right at that and says, what if Jesus does something different? See, all this time I thought that he was over there. I used to write a journal 
and I stopped doing it because I couldn't take it anymore, all the self-deprecation and beating myself up. But what if, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, what if he was never over there? What if Jesus Christ walked all the way around and walked up to me and grabbed my shoulders and looked into my face and put his hands on my face and stroked my hair and says, I know, I know, I love you so much. I'm crazy about you. And I know all the stuff. And I'm not ashamed. I've known from before the world began and nothing you can do can make me love you more and nothing will ever make me love you less. I'm crazy about you. And what if he puts his arm around me and we look at my sin together? He would say, that is a lot of sin. <laughs> my, my, my. And we'll work on it when you're ready, kid. I got you covered. I've known all about it from before the world began. My shed blood is that powerful. I'm crazy about you. Have we been changed? Yeah. As day is from night, we've been changed. We've been changed. We've been given a brand new core identity. We've already been changed, and now we get to mature into who we really are. You see, if I brought a caterpillar to a biologist and asked him to analyze and describe its DNA, he'd say, John, I know it looks like a caterpillar to you, but scientifically, in every testable DNA result, this is fully and completely a butterfly. Wow! God is wired into a creature looking nothing like a butterfly, a completely complete, perfect butterfly identity. And because the caterpillar is a butterfly in essence, it will one day display the behaviors and attitudes and attributes of a butterfly. The caterpillar matures into what is already true about it. In the meantime, berating the caterpillar for not being more like a butterfly will probably just hurt its little ears. <laughs> and so it is with us. God has given us the DNA of godliness. We're saints, we're righteous. And nothing we do will make us more godly than we already are. And Dennis, um, you've been at the rescue mission here for the last year or so. Yes, sir. And have you noticed some caterpillars berating one another <laughs> to where they hurt their little ears? And, you know, what a difficult situation where sin, you know, there's pretty good mounds of it all over the place, which is if there's not that much in my life or more, which mm -hmm. there clearly is. But, but what do you see now that you, you've had a chance to look at this in this light? Well, when you start to pull away those layers of addiction and you're getting into recovery, then we get down to the really uh, raw individual and what they're dealing with in their life, uh, what, what they've experienced in their life. And what I hear there is, and I was just thinking about this when this clip was going on, what I wonder is if, we, if we've never seen ourselves, one of the assignments that we have is to, is to catch our story, to do a write-up on what got us there and what's happening in our lives. And as I started to do that, I realized that a lot of things that I've been talking to a counselor about for the last year had to do with things that had come up in my life over the years. So I'm sitting there at sometimes thinking, how could God possibly love someone like me who's done this, 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 and this? You know, how, how can he still do that? Well, if I feel that way and I'm struggling with that, how am I going to treat you? You know, if, I've, if, if, I'm, if, if I'm living, if I've lived a life where I think that love is conditional on my behavior and my behavior hasn't been very good, then what am I going to pass on to the next person? Because I really haven't gotten that yet. It's really still... It's really still a lot about me, and I haven't yet seen what it means to love someone 
and and take all that out of the equation. And I tell you, it's a, it's a tough journey, but it's 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 a place that we can start to get to. As you were talking, Dennis, right before that, I've been thinking about what about when we yell at ourselves for not being the butterfly yet, mm-hmm. you know, and, and learning to have that agape love even for that person in the mirror. I think is what you're t- saying will help Absolutely. you love other people. Absolutely. Yeah, because if you don't, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like the old oxygen mask coming out of the roof of the airplane deal. If you don't, you know, love on yourself, it is going to be hard to take yourself out of that equation when you're looking at other people. And, you know, I love the Pollyanna clip myself, you know, <laughs> where, you know, she quotes Abraham Lincoln, which where Abraham Lincoln said, if you look for the bad and mankind, you will surely find it. Mm-hmm. But what a treasure it is. I've been reading Lady Juliet. Have you ever read it, Jim? No. <laughs> it's, it's an absolutely amazing lady. In 1375, she's dying of the bubonic plague. And she sees a vision of Christ and a crucifix above her and 16 revelations of love. And as she writes this out, the first woman to ever, be trans, I mean, to ever write a book in the English language, the first book they have on record, and to read it as a treasure, as she explains that she found so much, lo- that God loved her, s- her love, that, like you're talking about, that she could see his love in everyone around her like she'd never seen it before based on her experience of, his lo- of her love in her life. And because now she was seeing God in Jim and God in, in the, the gloriousness of what she saw all of a sudden got herself taken out of the equation. And in, in a church atmosphere that you work in every week, Jim, because, you know, <laughs> where do you see that? The, where I see love is when people are really reflecting it from God. We can't do it ourselves. A uh, couple, I guess it was maybe last summer, summer before last, I was at a intensive study with Michael Card on Hesed, which is the Old Testament version of agape. That's God's love. And his working definition was when the one that owes you nothing gives you everything. And we're not capable of that. But we can come close to it when we are reflecting his love on others. And then over 85 years, Vinny has been evaluating this situation. <laughs> no, God has been evaluating. <laughs> he ain't too sure he's taking me. But I think he will. Uh, yeah, I understand. I think I understand what all of you are talking about, but for me, it's... Uh, I still, at this point of my life, I find it hard to believe that he has taken me in his arms and he has led me in a different way, a way of goodness. Uh, You all know my handicaps, but I got a woman that I'm married to that's handicapped too who has taken care of me, and she's blind too. And I go to bed every night saying, yo, God, do you see what's going on here? You've got me, and you've got me for a long time, but please, please show your love to my wife. Uh, without her, 
without these dark nights praying to you, there would be no love. It would be existing. And I don't like to just exist anymore. I am totally, totally in love with you. And hopefully, you will stay with me till the end. I know I will stay with you till the end. And the cool thing about what you just said, Vinny, is that you just encapsulated what C.S. Lewis, when he took on the agape thing, he said it was the love of God. How we feel about God then reflects back on how we look into others to find God in them. And as, as we grow in our love for God, we can grow in our love for others. And sometimes that goes awry. And so we have a really cool bunch of clips working to play. Well, not a bunch, just one. But it'll be worth it, so stay tuned. Of course, you can go back and get the podcast at MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Stay tuned. we got so much more love boat coming at you. Masculine Journey Radio is listener-supported, and we are very thankful for every dollar. But I wanted to take a moment to share a really easy way that you can support us. If you use Amazon to purchase things, all you need to do is go to smile.amazon.com, which is their charity contribution site, and from there, select Good Heart Ministries to support, and Amazon will donate 5% of your purchase to us. To donate or watch a video on how to do this, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. That's MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Dealing with our masculine hearts, and what does the Christian life have to do with any of that? That's why I could not be more excited about what's coming up November 3rd through the 6th. The event that realistically changed my walk with God more than any other thing other than coming to Christ initially was a boot camp. Yes, the team from Masculine Journey Radio is having our own boot camp. Four days, and it's so affordable. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Early bird prices are in effect. MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Life's sweetest reward Let it flow It floats back to Uh, Dennis tried it, you know, last week, but we couldn't get it. So, Dennis, I had to come back with the real thing, you know. Obviously, you didn't like my scene, <laughs> and I'm offended. But you, it could have been worse. This could have been the Captain and Tennille you put on. So we'll deal with it. <laughs> so, as promised, I have another clip. And uh, or we have another clip as we are trying to see what is, how does, when God looks at us, what does he see? And, and, and. You know, what do we see when we look at other people? And unfortunately, you know, sometimes I feel like we're arranging the chairs in the Titanic, you know, and this clip kind of points to that. There was a movie done by Steve Carell and uh, several others in 2012 called Finding a Friend for the End of the World. And I have to set this clip up pretty good because you're going to go, what does this have to do with love? (laughs) Well, think about it. The world is coming to an end, according to this movie. They have three months to get their act together because there's an asteroid that's going to hit the planet. And as time moves closer and closer, people get more fruity and start doing crazier things, rioting and committed suicide and all this stuff that you'll hear in this clip. But Steve Carell is trying to find the love of his life, and this lady by the name of Penelope, very sweet, is trying to help um, him find the love of his life. And being the car guy that I am, you've got to love a movie where the main character is called Dodge. I mean, you just got to. <laughs> but Dodge here is trying to find this, and they get stopped by a policeman for speeding. And 
when you hear her going whoop, 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 she's talking about the asteroid that is at this point in time imminent, the hitting, and she's trying to figure out why this policeman is making a deal out of the speeding ticket. Hello, officer. What seems to be the problem? Well, for starters, you're traveling about 15 miles an hour over the speed limit. Really? Oh, I thought I was making better time than that. And, uh, you know, you got get the taillight out. No. Yeah. Also, your plates expired about a month ago. Go on. Um, that's, that's it. That's everything. That's three things. Well, why don't you write us out any number of expensive time-sensitive tickets and, and we will be on our way? I need some identification. Oh, of course. No, my, my name is Penny and, and this is Dodge. Hi. Okay. License and registration. Well, you see, that's where we've got a problem because um, I didn't get a chance to retrieve my identification before fleeing my home during a deadly riot. However, we were fortunate enough to hitch a ride with a very nice trucker who, turns out, had uh, hired a hitman to assist him in a suicide, thus bestowing us with this, this beautiful mode of transportation. So, so the answer is no, no license or registration here. However, now, given the current situation with the... the, the uh, couldn't you find it in your heart to set aside the law just this once and uh, let us on our way so that I can give my friend here the fighting chance of being with the one he loves before we all reach our untimely conclusion? No. I should, <laughs> I should tell you, those sounds are the, their mug shots being taken as, they, as, they're, as they're under arrest, but it, it, we kind of act that way, don't we, Sam? Yeah, we do. You know, we, we start to look at, as we talked about in that first segment, something that maybe someone's doing in sin, and we react to them based upon that versus reacting to them based upon love. You know, yes, as a brother, I may need to call that out in somebody, but that doesn't mean I love them any less. I should love them even more through that and look for those visions of God that's in them and bring those forward. Yeah, and, it you know, it's an interesting thing is i thought about this topic of what some people say is selfless love mm -hmm. taking myself out of the equation and some people would even say self-sacrificing but when I think about it if I can really somehow or another achieve this it's anything but self-sacrificing right Dennis because like it says in the song let it flow it flows back to you <laughs> <laughs> yeah I used to uh I was just thinking about something. I used to do some volunteer work for another uh, ministry at a homeless shelter. And the guy that was the night supervisor, he, he mentioned several times during the time that I was there uh, about how the volunteers, they'd always say, well, well you know, it, it's, we're just glad to do it and this and that. And what he was pointing out was to receive the blessing that by being selfless, uh, giving of their time to fix some food, to spend some time with some guys, uh, when they probably had a hundred other things to do, uh, was a selfless act on their part. And in turn, they were going to receive a blessing for that. And I'm not saying just do that so that you can receive a blessing. But there is a part of that that uh, that I think it, it grows within you, too, as you're, as you're practicing that. I, how often do you feel? I feel a lot better when I'm treating someone in a, in a Christ-like loving way than when I pick at them about something. And it's human nature for us to do that. But uh, you, get, you get what I'm trying to say? It's a, it's a real blessing to be able to do that. 
And you know, as you, as you were saying that, um, Dennis, I was thinking about that for years, in fact, over 20 years, I have been giving a devotion at a nursing home in Moxville. And, and a lot of folks just despise going in to a place like that because there's a lot of hurting people and it doesn't smell always so wonderful and all those things that you might be thinking about. But there is no way I can explain, and maybe it was selfless, but I don't think it was. I actually think it was selfish that I kept coming back because here are these people that just love, I mean, they are so hungry for a visit from somebody, some recognition that to say you get love back, you know, as, as the song says, let it flow, it's going to flow back. I mean, it's almost unbelievable to me that I remember as I lost the dealership and I was walking across the street and I was looking at the dealership, I was really worried that I was going to be bitter. I was like, Lord, I don't want to come back to this city and be mad because this has been taken away. In fact, I want to come, I want to keep coming back and doing the devotion that Summer said, and I want to keep coming back and doing this. And can you give me that? And, and God and I had that discussion. And, and to this day, it's one of my favorite days of the week is Thursday because I get to go do that, Vinny. And, and Vinny, you have joined me a couple times at Somerset, and, and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do know what you're talking about. I, I would sit while you would be doing the devotions, and I'd look at the faces of these people, not knowing that one day I was going to be one of them people. <laughs> I am already. But anyway, uh, they, the intent, the intense listening to what he was saying they seem to like wake up and say oh yeah i heard that i read that you know it's like bringing them back out of you know from nowhere's just by what robbie was speaking is devotions and i find that uh you know uh, he says it was a, kind of an ugly place well, I, I never seen a hospital or nursing home that was pretty. But the people that were in there, they were God's people. And there was a reason for God keeping them, keeping them alive. I think it was partly because Robbie would come every Thursday. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I need somebody to laugh at my jokes, Jim. It's not, <laughs> and they laugh really good. But uh, I, in your ministry, where do you see that, Jim? That is the whole point of ministry for me. I see it at the nursing home. I've done that, although that seems to get blocked occasionally. Hospital visits. It is rare that I visit someone in the hospital who could be dying, but you know, are often struggling, having a hard time that I don't end up more blessed than my blessing them by being there. Exactly. It's, you can't outgive God. No, you can't. And then if you show up, and you, you know what I'm saying, Sam? It's an amazing thing. Oh, I do. You know, from a personal standpoint, I talked about it last year after getting back from Guatemala. You know, one of the things that we did when we were down there is we went into a severely handicapped children's uh, orphanage. And you had people on all ranges of being able to respond. And, and I chose to stay with the people that no one was with, the teenage kids. Everybody wanted to go hold the babies and that kind of thing. And I stayed with them. And, and this one girl in particular, I remember, 
it was very catatonic, you know, wouldn't respond to anything. And as I kept talking to her, she became more and more engaged. She couldn't respond to me, but she was patting my head. She was doing all these things. And as soon as I walked away, she went back to that same thing, you know, and God just really showed me during that time was love matters. Just that feeling of love makes all the difference in the world. And I was re- reiterated this last year. Uh, Mike G., a friend of the, the um, show as well, was doing a sermon series, and he was talking about the, when they go down to Mexico City, and we've been going down, and the church that I go to has been going down for a number of years. And the first year they went down to this orphanage, it was very gloom, doom, no hope, very, very ugly place. And this lady had just taken it over that was full of God and full of love. And five years later... It's a place of hope with, you know, um, flowers painted on the walls and singing all the time and just the difference that love made in all those people's lives. It didn't change your situation, but it changed their perspective and it changed who they knew. Now, who here, they knew comes they the, here comes the really sad part for me, Sam. Yeah. Is I can go do that in a nursing home and f- let that love flow, but when I'm mad at my wife. <laughs> It's, it's harder to do at home. Yeah, it is. I, I got an opportunity for God to coach me through that today. You know, obviously I'm, I'm recovering from the surgery, and so I'm limiting when I'm out doing anything, trying to get stronger, and um, had hoped to be able to come to, to see you guys today. And um, I guess this was yesterday. Uh, my son had got on the wrong school bus. And so I was supposed to go pick him up at this other school as he was headed home from school. And I got there and he wasn't there. And he texted me about the time I got there. And he had gotten back on another bus that was going to take him to the correct location. And at this point, to be quite honest, I was upset. I was frustrated. You know, here I was, not really feeling the best. And I'm out spending energy on what seemed like a worthless trip. But as I was headed towards him, God just kept saying love on him. Love on him. And when I got there and I got to him, I said, hey, tell me what happened, and we talked, and I said, let's go get a, an ice cream together. And it just turned that into just such a great moment, and the difference was God's coaching, and just love him through that. And it was really pretty cool to see that unfold for me. It only takes a moment to make a moment. I heard that just today. And Al talked about that with his own daughter, how she had flipped him out of the boat. You know, you got a moment. To, to make a moment, or you can make it the other way. Make a moment one way or the other. <laughs> well, you thank love you for to listening to The Masculine Journey. Go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org, get a podcast, share with a friend, and by all means, join us at our next upcoming boot camp. It's coming up November 3rd through, or is it this? It's the 4th through the 8th. Yeah, it's at the website. Go there, <laughs> MasculineJourneyRadio.org.